And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to episode nine, six, eight. Of down to dunk. You can find us on The Athletic and anywhere else you subscribe to your podcast. Go to theathletic.com backslash down to dunk and get The Athletic for $3.99 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Also, go to shopgoodokc.com backslash down to dunk to get some new down to dunk shirts i am luke joined this morning by andrew <laughs> i gotta say i'm just fired up to be here today it's pretty cool pretty damn cool Woo! chili <laughs> taylor hey guys what's et short for because he's only got tiny legs let's get it on <laughs> Oh, baby, let's get it on chili. <laughs> chili and Jay. It's Jay. What's up? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> laughing in the background, huh? Uh, what's no. up, guys? So the the Thunder have had a uh, interesting week. They had that uh, the Portland Memphis back to back. Which I wasn't quite ready for the Memphis back to back because I've got this uh, calendar in front of me with the Thunder um, uh, games on it and didn't have that on there, but it's a makeup game. Um, so that was that was interesting. Uh, the Thunder kind of have this uh, this Milwaukee sandwich this week, right? They've got yeah. Milwaukee. They had Milwaukee Sunday, which they won, which was uh, quite shocking actually. And then they play Milwaukee tonight in Milwaukee, which is a second night of a back-to-back for the Bucks, actually. So, but they've lost five in a row, and so there's a high likelihood that they're going to be very motivated. You would think. Hey. You would think. You would have thought they would have been motivated after four losses, though. <laughs> Good boy. Maybe even three. <laughs> Maybe even two, because the th- the thing is, championship teams do not regularly uh, lose back, lose two in a row, two or three in a row. Yeah, let alone five. They they do yeah. have they do have the excuse though that Drew Holiday is out. Yeah, no excuse. They also have Giannis. Yeah. I know, man. He's. I'm struggling with Giannis a little bit this year. Like I think everybody is waiting to see what happens in the playoffs with him, but he, you know, let's just be real about the fact that sometimes it looks like his offense is pretty limited when he, when he's hitting stride, obviously he's incredible. Uh, but his inability to really stretch with any sort of consistency 
is making it where teams are having a, a lot more success defending him. So anyway, I don't have a lot of more Milwaukee dialogue to have, but uh, I don't know. I just struggle with him a little bit this year, watching him play the few times I have. It's also his uh, his free throw percentage, which last year was pretty bad too at 63%, but this year it's still 63%. And that's well below. He was shooting in the 70s every year before that, besides his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So that's a weird thing too when you're going to the line 13 times. You know, he, he gets to the line a bunch among all the superstars. Giannis might be number one. I haven't looked in a while, but man, that that is hard when you're when you can't make them. Yeah, yeah he's going to the line 10 times a game. Yeah. Wow, that's so, a lot. Yeah. So, hey, guys. So, hey, guys. So uh, can also, snap that streak. Hey, guys, we should also point out um, we, we mentioned, I, I screamed about it, but that the shop good um, OKC down to dunk shirts. Mm-hmm. Everyone should go check them out because some of them are the dopest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, which one? Specifically, that hoodie is going to be on my body. There's just no question about it. Yeah, it's very it looks, good. It looks so fresh and uh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, same. I was surprised. I didn't know they were doing that. I didn't know they were doing that. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's wonderful. Uh, Okay. Anything else about this team that you need to get off your chest before we get into Tayshaun's factoid? Jay, you want to talk about Isaiah Roby or what? (laughs) No, I figured he'd be a part of our uh, conversation about prospects. So they were 11 and 17, the 13th in the the Western Conference. They're actually, they have the sixth worst record tied with a... Tied with Houston, actually, unless something changed from last night. So, um, I mean, this team is is pretty limited. Like, I know that they play really hard, and they're in that Portland game, and you know, it took Dame going Dame to to make that really change for them. But this team, it's I, I just think that you're going to see a lot of uh, losses in the next three weeks of the season or how much longer until we break for the unnecessary all-star game. Mm. Um, so I just think it's one of those things where, you know, if you're looking forward to the rebuild, replenish, restock, superstar hunting, uh, tank or whatever you'd like to call it, I, I think that this team is kind of doing it exactly how you'd want to in the sense that they compete really hard. They, uh, there's some bright spots, things that make you excited. And then on top of that is is looking at the teams that are below them. You still have teams that are really actively trying to win. Like, I, I don't know if you guys would say the Cavaliers are trying to win. They're one and nine in their last 10. But it feels like, at least the way they started the season, they are trying to win. I think Washington's mm-hmm. trying to win. I think the Magic still, whether or not they should, they're still trying to win. I think the only team that you could pretty, clear, pretty clearly say they aren't trying to win is the Pistons. Uh, but maybe they are trying to win. I really don't know what they're doing. So I think that there's a high chance that the Thunder are going to land in that that one through five range towards the end of the season and uh, which is ultimately the goal for this year. And so uh, I think they're doing it well. I think those wins like the Milwaukee ones really hard if, if that's your goal, because it, you just watch the fan base oscillate between like, well, maybe if they go after somebody or Ariza comes back, they can go and compete for something. Oh, and you're like, no, God. that would be really bad. You know, like it would just be really bad. And so, uh, yeah, that's what this team yeah. is missing. Trevor Ariza. <laughs> We're just an Ariza away, baby. That's that's all we are. But I do think I I do think that that like looking at where they're going in the trajectory of the next two weeks or three weeks, 
I think the Thunder are going to be sitting pretty for a high draft pick at the end of the year. Yep. Uh, let's go over to the stream. We've got Miguel Davila from the Philippines, as always. Miroslav from Germany. We have Andrew Lindgren just saying hello. 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 We have, we have Kai saying hello. Yo. 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 We got Bailey from Adelaide, Australia. We've got uh, basketball head 99 from Ardmore. Kai from Australia. And 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 Arudha from India and Sam from Virginia. Thanks for following along. So glad you guys joined us this morning. And Down and dunk worldwide. World, 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 world. Dave John's back toy bigger in a hurry. John's back toy bigger in a hurry. Hello. This is it. I have a story about Kawhi Leonard and the Phoenix Suns. Apparently, when uh, Kawhi Leonard went in to do his workout with the Phoenix Suns during his draft, in the interview process, they decided to pass on him because he was sweating through his shirt, and they thought that that meant he couldn't stay cool under pressure. So I was just thinking about really stupid sayings and really stupid things that people make decisions on. And uh, I have a question for you. What are your favorite stupid sayings or phrases? Andrew? Um, giving 110% impossible. <laughs> yeah. But it's about it's the heart in that. I do understand the uh, the this what it's talking about. Physically wrong, impossible, it's impossible. Though. Yeah. The one that makes me the craziest is uh, perception is reality. You ever had anybody say that to you? Yes. Well, you know that perception is reality. It's like it's not actually. And that's a statement that leads itself to a lot of like, oh, so it's OK for you just to judge something based on you not knowing anything. It makes me crazy. Yeah, I don't but like that either. It is their reality. Yeah, but it's that's, not reality. But it is. That's what reality yeah. is. <laughs> this you. Is, are we evolving <laughs> down this direction? No, no, I'm just saying you. It's, it's hard to but tell. But it's their reality. In reality, but you cannot tell someone. You can tell them that, but they won't listen to you. Like you can't so be question, like, that's not reality. So the question is: is is there a reality that is just independent of somebody's perception of reality? Like, is there a reality that is just the truth? Is there like a capital R reality that we all exist in? Or does reality defined by the individual man? Are you think, ta- are you talking about the matrix? I think he's I think talking so. about the matrix. <laughs> Which pills did you take, Okay, Luke. Okay, mine. I have two. <laughs> I have two. Um, and I don't think they're. I don't actually. I don't think they're stupid. I think they're very wise, and uh, I use them all the time. One is when it rains, it pours. That's so true. And the other is when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. And they're both <laughs> saying, oh, they're both yes. saying the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. But when things when things are when <laughs> things are one way, like it's the extreme, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And I love I love those two sayings. I use them all the time. I don't know why that last saying when you're hot, you're hot, and when you're not, you're not. It just matches with you so perfectly that it's hilarious to me. I can. It's true. It does. It really does. Yeah. It really when things does. are going, when things are going well for the L man, 
everything's great. When things are going bad for the L man, everything's bad. <laughs> That's, that does seem to be how life goes, though, when it rains, it pours. Good and bad. But I love those. I love sayings like that because I think if they've survived that long to, to where like it's a saying, like they, they're true. Yeah. Okay, I can well, only, uh, I only think about that train song anytime somebody says that now. Well, what, when you're in that drops of Jupiter, no, no, no. When it rains, it pours and opens doors that flood the floors. And wow, I don't know. It, Dude, come on, heard. I'm not this alone. I've never yeah. heard that song. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. You I'm not alone. a huge train head. I'm not a train head either. <laughs> hey, I got two for you. Shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. No, you won't. You will die. You'll die immediately. <laughs> the, the, the last, yeah, I, it makes me cringe. That saying just is, is cringeworthy. It's very cringeworthy, and it's it, it's very showing your lack of understanding of space and, and just how how all this stuff is working. Because if you didn't know, stars are actually suns. Like, our sun is a star, and they're so far away from us. So yeah, um, if you didn't know that, stars are very far away from the moon. And then the second one, it takes more muscles to frown than a smile. Uh, and that's false. It, it takes more muscles to smile than to frown. <laughs> Is that true? I don't believe yes. that. No, look it up. It takes 10 muscles to smile and it takes three muscles to frown. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe so that. So it's false. We've been anyway. fed lies for so long. I'm so tired of it. What what is reality? Let's get back there. Let's let's circle yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Get back to that. The other the other one I use all the time, the little saying I use all the time is especially in my job is it takes two to tango. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a that is a perfect one for you, Elman. I say it. it I is. say it at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> every, every, everything happens for a reason. That's a really bad one. Oh, that's a really bad one. Yeah, that that's a really a, bad. One. That can be a bad one. In, in lots of situations, it can be. I know. I mean, it is true, but is it the advice you want to give them most of the time? No. There's a reason that things happen every time. Yeah. I mean, just factually speaking. Oh, boy. What about with all due respect? Because it just means, like, you're about to get obliterated by me, is what it means. Yeah, that's a that's a Ricky Bobbyism right there yeah. from uh, Talladega Nights. Uh-huh. I, I said with all due respect. Uh, <laughs> it's the sorry, same as no, no offense. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Literally. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's literally a thing. Take back to a bigger mystery. Oh, yeah. Guys, my favorite thing. Uh, this is my online deep dive, oh, man. Online deep dive, and uh, the best part about being online this week was everyone yesterday coming together to dunk on Ted Cruz for going to Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, and, and the best part is that they dunked on him so hard he went to Cancun, which like we've all been in bad. We're all in bad weather here in Oklahoma. Like we're under. A, so much snow more than we've ever gotten in my entire life and like there's no place i want to be more than on a sunny beach and he had to go he got dunked on so hard that he had to come back 
<laughs> he was supposed to be there this Sunday and he had to come back. Oh man, it was really, really good. It's true. So was so did he get on the plane and then people started sending like he got he got on the, on the plane. plane and someone on the plane that was going to Cancun took a picture of him and put it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then he got to Cancun, turned on his phone and saw that everyone was oh my God. so pissed on him. He and he got there and he said he was just he tried to spin it like, oh, I was just making sure my family got safe. I was coming back tonight. <laughs> so got a, got back on a plane, came back to Texas. By the One way, my favorite things is like in, the Go ahead. He was clearly in Cancun attire getting on the he was he was in <laughs> vacation attire getting on the plane. That's one of my favorite things is like Ted Cruz a pair of jeans, tennis shoes, tucked in t-shirt, <laughs> sitting in line at the airport. Dude, sunglasses, <laughs> tanning lotion, Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Dude, the, the best thing that I saw was someone that tweeted it's like, can you imagine? The person that decide that is headed to Cancun to spend like a week there, and then before they start, the first thing they do to start their vacation is ruin Ted Cruz's week. <laughs> I thought that is like what a way to start your vacation. Like, can you imagine anything better? Oh man, that is funny. I think it's, it wild. was it was so funny. And then he came back and he gave a little interview. He's like, "All right, it was a mistake. It's like not a great thing that I did. Like, I I, I could have thought this through a little better." Classic cruise, if you ask me. Oh, man, it, was, it. it was funny. Yep. That's my Olympic <laughs> dad. <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, sorry, I had to get up for a second. My kids are awake and my wife is asleep, which is what we, call, wife. It, we call it the wild, wild west out there. So. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I can't imagine. You're like, turn on some screens, please. Do turn the TV on. We've been trying to do like no screen time right away in the morning. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now we're back from that quick break. Oh, my word. Hey, y'all, let's hit some Twitter questions. Our first Twitter question comes from at OKC fan with Russ, who wants to know, how do you like the Brooklyn division of the Thunder? And do you think they should get 
Westbrook in the offseason. Oh, man. What, was, the, what if the Wizards bought out Westbrook? And then, <laughs> and then we landed on the Nets. And then we just, then they're just Thunder East. <laughs> they already are at like Thunder East as they could be, but that would be really something. They just added, added Andre Robertson this week. Yep. I mean, Taylor, I think it was you that posted that you're kind of enjoying this. Brooklyn I like team. I like watching the Nets because they're they uh, don't play defense, which is fun, but their offense is just insane. I mean, I don't really like Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden as like people, as far as what we can tell their personality is. Yeah, perception is reality. But I mean, as far as like basketball players. They're so fun to watch. And the three of them together, it's like watching an all-star game every night. It's just offense, 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 and uh, no defense. And they're gone. I can't see L-Man. I can't see Jay, Andrew. All right. What do you guys want to talk about in the comments? <laughs> Taylor, how is it? Always, what is going on? They left. I'm back. Oh, it's just, it's just hey. me. No, I agree. <laughs> I, I enjoy watching them as well just because – Especially in a close game down the stretch, if James Harden's bringing the ball down the floor and you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie on the wing, it's just like, what do you do? Like, this is yeah. why I picked this team to go to the NBA Finals this year because I just don't know when you get in a tight game, you can't you can't guard everybody. Like the very mm-hmm. very worst thing that could happen is a wide open Jeff Green three. And that's not a terrible option. Like that's if everything goes wrong for the Nets. If everything yeah, possibly goes wrong. Him. Yeah, he's been making them. He's been really, really good for them. So I, I, I enjoy watching them as well. And uh, yeah, I, the Westbrook stuff will be hilarious. I don't, I don't see that happening, but it would be just comical. You know, I have a, I, I know a lot of people are saying like a team who doesn't play defense cannot win the championship. But I have a hard time thinking that if this team makes it to the finals, that they're at least their one-on-one defense isn't going to get better. Yeah, because like these guys are built of players who have experience, and yeah, James Harden's on the team. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of guys that if they want to play better defense, they can. Mm-hmm. I think so. That, well, I think you're. Yeah. I think you're also going to see them on the buyout market. Would be a pretty. I mean, I don't know. That's a pretty safe bet to say that they're going to try to add somebody um, to help defensively that might get bought out at some point. I don't know who that would be. I couldn't give you any sort of guess, but I don't know. I I think that – so here's a question. LeBron brought this up. I don't know if it was before or after last night's game. I guess it was before. But do you – comparatively, like if you look at this offense, Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, I think is an underrated piece of that team. Very – if you look at that team versus those Warriors team in their prime with Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond, like which offense did you would you fear the most? Oh wow! Because that's what LeBron said last night. He was just like, it's "Like you guys forget, it was like two years ago that they had this team in the Warriors, but with Steph and Clay instead of James and and Kyrie." Wow, that's that's a really interesting question. Yeah. Who do you think is scarier, Steph and Clay or Kyrie and James? Well, I think the Warriors were scarier just because they had a cohesive offense, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they had an attack plan. Like the, the attack plan of the Nets is like, hey, we're just better than you and we're going to beat you because we're better. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the Warriors, it was, we're better than you, and we have the best offense in the NBA. And and even with the Nets, it's funny, like, even with the Nets being just like this, okay, we're just going to one-on-one just destroy you. It's like the best offense in NBA history. So, I... Yeah. It... I don't know. I mean, a lot of people say like, oh, there's only one ball. The kind of like, has there ever been a team where it's like, ah, they just have too many stars. It's finally, finally hit the ceiling. (laughs) You know, it's it's not going to work because of that. Like every, it works every time. And every time everybody's like, oh, I'm surprised this worked out with D Wade and LeBron. Oh, I'm surprised this worked out with, with KD and stuff. Oh, I'm surprised this worked out with these guys. It happens every time. I don't know why anybody's (laughs) surprised by it. Jay, and to speak to your Joe Harris being underrated. So this season, he's playing more than 30 minutes per game and he's averaging 15 points per game on 53% from the field and over 50% from three, taking 6.6 threes per game. That's That's exactly the offensive role player you want next to guys like James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Yeah. And I think he's probably he's probably one of those guys, I would say, as well, that like maybe in my mind differentiates this team from that Warriors team. Because once you got past Draymond, I mean, Draymond, Clay, Steph, KD, I mean, you got three elite scorers, Draymond, who just does all the kind of glue stuff like they didn't have that fourth shooter at the level that. Joe Harris is for them. At least I don't like off the top of my head. I'm trying to think if they ever did. Like they obviously had better pieces at different piece uh, places, but I don't know. Joe Harris. I mean, it, to add Iguodala Joe Harris, so really good. Who was Iguodala? Yeah, I'm not sure he ever shot 50 percent from the three point yeah. line on six yeah, attempts, did, though. You he know? did everything else, though. He was. He was the MB. He was their literally MVP of one of their finals runs. Yeah. So I think you think of Joe Harris as like the type of shooter that the type of relief shooter that Clay was for this Nets team. And then he does other things too, but he's not the top three player on the team. So I see what you're saying, Jay, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. You really are just comparing like maybe the two best offenses on the floor in the history of the NBA, maybe. Yeah. I think it is in the history of the NBA, right? Both of those statistically. Yeah. I think that maybe, and this is, I'm in the weeds on this, but one of the offenses I've, remember in my time watching the NBA that I thought watching was the most like I don't even like shockingly impressive offense was those Spurs teams that played the heat Mm -hmm. some of those Spurs teams were incredible on offense Mm -hmm. without any really like I mean Kawhi was their superstar at that point but anyway I mean yeah for them it was all like offensive scheme and passing and IQ and it's so it's cool to watch like all these extremely efficient offenses over the years and how different they all are from each other like the approach is totally different and that spurs approach had to be different because their best players were like 35 and then Kawhi leonard who was how old was he at the time 22 23 was he 22 when he won finals mvp i'm not sure i don't know Hmm. no one knows how old the is. he was very young though yeah. I still don't know how old he is. He may not have aged. It's one of those things. It's just one of the great unknowns. It's quite Leonard's age. Hey, guys, let's go on our next Twitter question. Comes from at Kiwi Thunderbud, who says, I know Big Moses's per 36 stats are crazy. What are your honest thoughts on him? 
If we trade Horford, do you think he could take some of those minutes? Yeah, I mean, he's he's just joined the G League. That's great. That's step one for Moses Brown. That's what, that's what big men do. He was, he was really, really good. And in the NBA so far, he's been mostly underwhelming. I mean, he hadn't played a whole lot. He played a lot in the preseason. Uh, he he's obviously has physical gifts that very few NBA players have with his height and his uh, standing reach. But he still has a long way to go development-wise. But, yeah, I think they would play him, certainly, if they're able to trade Horford and not bring back another big man. And just just for the fact of, like, hey, let's let's see what this guy is. You probably start Roby, you bring him off the bench, and you see if he's got anything at the NBA level playing against really high-level competition. I I just will go ahead and I'll be the one that says it and then regrets it if he turns into like some even rotation player big. I Moses Brown is just in a long list of really giant guys that won't make it in the NBA. Like he just he's not for me is his his he's just not fluid enough. Uh his game is incredibly limited as far as offense. Like he doesn't he's like doesn't do anything outside of dunking or putting the ball up right at the rim. I just even watch him in the G league. Like, yeah, his stats are impressive because he's a foot taller than a majority of the people. It feels like when he's on the floor. And so I just, am, I, I don't, I don't see much difference from him and Dakari Johnson or insert oh, he's, other oh, giant he's much guy. different than Dakari. I really watching their game. I don't see a ton different in watching then the Dakar, way like Dakari couldn't move. He's he's way more fluid than Dakari. I I mean that's your reality, man, not mine. Perception is reality <laughs> and this is one this is one of the greatest debates we've ever had. Wow. I just it's it's yeah. funny to me Who's that more you fluid, Dakari or Moses. It's just funny to me that you stand for Roby and then you just just dismiss <laughs> and just dunk on Moses Brown who's averaging like 20 and 20 in the G League bubble. Like come on, man. I mean, one of them got sent to the G League, and the other one is still on this team playing. One of them is normal a minutes. He's on a two-way contract. I mean, that was the plan from the start of it. That also defends my point. He's on a two-way contract, and Isaiah Roby has a roster spot on this team. It's I just not a knew you to be which, so passionate about some guy. I'm not passionate about Roby, but I, if you're going to compare <sighs> him to Moses Brown, like I'm hardcore not in on Moses Brown. And that's if I'm completely proven wrong, as if this is my Hamadou Diallo moment, that's wow. absolutely fine. But Moses Brown does not have a future in the NBA, in my opinion. Like, wow. this is not a personal thing against Moses Brown. I just don't. I, he's This is his second team to have a two-way contract on. I understand that he was a McDonald's All-American, played at UCLA for one year. I just, it's that kind of NBA center, man. It's just not my thing. I think I know what's going on here. Jay, it is personal for you. It feels personal. And it's because your number one favorite player this year is Poku. And what's happened? Andrew, can I spill the beans? Spill them. Okay. Well, there's videos of the players lining up for the national anthem. Oh, wait, Mo- wait, 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 wait. Don't spill. Oh. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next Twitter question. <laughs> comes from at corner tray three it says he's a big fan of john collins does he fit timeline at age 23 
If OKC has to pay someone next year, is he a good option? Puts basically to bench player, possibly, though. Thanks. I think John Collins is really interesting. Andrew does not seem to think he's as, he's that interesting because we've talked about him before. Has your view of, of the J-Man changed? I'll tell you, can I, can, I, can I guess on Andrew's take, and this is I agree with it, is this pulling the trigger on John Collins, which he's restricted, and so Atlanta can match anything. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's doing exactly what you don't want to do, is it's pulling the plug on a, a rebuilding far too early. Mm-hmm. Like you add John Collins and it immediately pushes you to the middle. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, the Thunder are not going, you're, you're not going to see the Thunder try to max out a restricted free agent from another team to try to get them. Right. That, that will maybe never happen uh, in the history of the Oklahoma City Thunder as long as Sam Presti is running the team. So don't don't expect anything like that. To happen now, if it's like a guy that's maybe going to make five million a year as a restricted free agent, the other team's like, "Yeah, I'll let him go." Then, then perhaps that could happen, but they're not going to go after a max level free agent, which that's what John Collins will be. He's that productive. Yeah. Uh, so there's just no. That, that's just that's not how they're going to use their cap space. So I, I would not expect that. I think John Collins is good. I think he probably gets a bad rap to an extent just because he's not the best defender, but he, he won't be on the thunder. Well, never say never. But that sounds That's like another it. one, Luke. That's that one that you like use a- constantly. Yeah. <laughs> True, man. I love sayings like that. I'm glad it was a good uh, factoid figure victory because it was so, because I love the sayings. Another question comes from the real Jack Seven Three, who wants to know what's better: two fringe all stars or one fringe superstar? I don't know if these are even real things. What is life? <laughs> what is this? What's the context of this question? I don't know, but it, <laughs> the question just like falls apart there at the end, where it just like crumbles to the ground. Of like, okay, I really relate to it. Actually. I don't even know how really resonate with these words mean. Um, I mean, if it's not like a real superstar, fringe, then they're fringe. If you're a fringe all star, like SGA is a fringe all star right now, right? Yeah. So if you had like another player that was like him, or you have one player that's on the verge of being a superstar, is is Bradley Beal a superstar? Is he a fringe superstar? I feel like he's a fringe superstar because he hasn't. I feel like this is the first year he's really exploding into the NBA, like general zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. No one really talked about him before. Only really hardcore NBA fans would be like, Hey, Bradley Beal is really good. You mm-hmm. just don't know about him. Mm-hmm. You know, cause he's on the wizards and they suck. Mm-hmm. And this is the first year. Like what? He was number one for all-star votes. Yeah. in the Eastern conference. Yeah. And among it's guards. Great. Yeah. So I feel like he is a good uh, fringe superstar guy. If he changes teams, depending on where he goes, I think he's a superstar at that point. Yeah. So this is, again, this is probably the, the question probably crumbled intentionally and, and, and well, cause I don't know. It's just all, it's very specific because you could say Shay, like if you're giving me guys like Shay, great. 
because they can de- potentially develop into, you know, a fringe superstar, which would be great. But if you're talking like Drew Holiday level, let's say it's like yeah. two Drew Holiday level guys that are fringe all stars, like Drew Holiday, Mike Conley level guys, good yeah. players. Are they really making the difference? So probably, probably not. So give, so give me the the fringe superstar, and then let me try to build something from there. Hey guys, let's move on to our next sort of question. It comes from at Ty oh, Tiger Gate ones. out what it was. Ty Gate Woods. He wants to know: Is that at Al Baby Cakes doing a deep voiced disclaimer for MGM Casino? He's also looking for a Taylor Thunder aren't fun update. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Um, as far as the Thunder aren't fun update, I mean, I still haven't been watching that much of these games yet. Uh, Isaiah Roby playing 30 minutes is not exactly what I would call fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, I think they've been a little bit more fun since, since that one podcast. Um, but they since got a you little- called them out. Since I called them out, they clearly listened. Uh, Andrew made us scared and made us think that they played that podcast section in the locker room. <laughs> and we kind of <laughs> believed it for some reason. And then, uh, <laughs> but they've been a little bit more fun, uh, but still overall. I think that's just what the season's going to be, though. I just, that's just what it is. Well, and there was a stretch there where Shea wasn't playing. And that for me, I'm like, one of the most enjoyable things is watching Shea play. I think I'll say that like Dort and Baisley being able to play pretty well at the same time is a nice revelation over the last year. I wasn't sure over the last few games. I wasn't sure that was possible, but I love when Dort has games. He had a he had a nice game the other day. When Dort gets going and is is making some threes, well, not the Grizzlies game, but the one before that. Yeah. When he's going, it's really fun. Yeah, he was good in the Blazers game. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah, and you could even see, and I was kind of theorizing this the other day, that you just you saw a different level of activity from the opposing team when Shea was on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, when when he's not out there, I think teams feel like they're just going to roll over this team, right? And then they can't because this team plays too hard and they play too cohesively. Uh, and I, I don't know if teams will ever figure that out or if the Thunder will just continue to just just destroy teams whenever um, Shea is out, but it's, it's become kind of a thing. I think as the Oklahoma city, as an Oklahoma city thunder fan, like we should, we should recognize whenever teams don't take the other team seriously, because that's what we've done pretty much Mm -hmm. every year as a franchise that we've existed, where if they played, if, if they were playing this version of Oklahoma City Thunder without Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you know for sure that in the fourth quarter, they would be battling, trying to come back from a 12-point deficit. Like, mm-hmm. we saw it all of the time, especially in these last three years. Uh, you know, but it was, we should recognize when teams aren't really taking the team across uh, the court from them very seriously. And it does feel like that has happened a few times uh, with Portland, the Lakers, Milwaukee, uh, and that's not, I'm not like, I know there'll be people that maybe jump on this. Like, I'm not trying to discredit the hard work that these guys are putting in and they're really trying hard and they're even sometimes the offense looks really good, but it's just like, let's just own the reality of what, what it is. Hmm. 
Yeah. So Kai in the comments said we would not take the Lakers to overtime in the playoffs. Like pretty clearly not. Yeah. It would be over in the first quarter. (laughs) I think we take them to seven games and it's an overtime game every time. Yeah. (laughs) Seven straight overtime games. It'd be like that Memphis series. They're just so evenly matched. Exactly. Hey guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question, which is this. It's from at Dort POY. Who wants to know how many first round picks are we trading for Cade? Or is Imoni Bates our longer term goal? I mean, it's it's really difficult to say. We don't even know what draft Imoni Bates will be in yet. Um <laughs> So clarify that it could be it could be 2022 or 2023, right? Because he's yeah. technically in the 2023 class, but he'd have to reclassify to be a senior this year. Yes, we're not sure okay. yet where he's going to land. But the, I mean, the Thunder would like the answer is yes, right? <laughs> like if they can get either one of those guys, like great. And it it all depends on who lands in the number one spot. I mean, if somehow like the Sacramento Kings fall into the number one spot like yeah we don't really need that you could you could see them either trading back or just not taking one of the point guards right and then it's possible where you can say hey we know you love De'Aaron Fox wonderful we'll we'll give you our fourth pick and two additional future first round picks to, for the number one spot and they might say sure uh they shouldn't because I think Cade can be a three. I mean, that's, I think that's a reality that, you know, like LeBron played the three, right? But LeBron's the point guard. Like it's, it's, a can you imagine situation. a lineup with De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton and Cade Cunningham? I absolutely can't imagine it. And it sounds really cool. Sounds wow. amazing. <laughs> sounds really cool. But yeah, we don't, I'm really nervous for him and the Pistons, man. That's my deal. Oh, yeah, the Pistons will take him. They just straight up will take him. I know. Him. It makes me really nervous for Cade. Sure. Um, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, they've, they've got a new general manager. They've, they're, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say that it couldn't be a good situation for a really good player. And I know I'm asking this off the top of your head, but like, so going back in draft history, how often is the first pick going to be traded like does that ever happen i mean markel fultz was the last one that happened right yeah which was philadelphia and boston Mm -hmm. so they swapped first round picks which was i think one for three or one for two i think one for two and then i mean we saw it with also like the luka Doncic trade is another one that happened in the top five yeah, top five, but I'm saying like it to move that number one pick is a lot. Yeah, typically it's not moved. I mean, they tried to move the number one pick in this draft. The Timberwolves did, and mm-hmm. it's it's either that oh we don't really want the pressure of taking the number one pick, so we'd like to trade <laughs> right. it. But you we, you are not going to give us enough because you also know that you don't want to be the team that traded for this pick and then pick the wrong guy. So it's, there's like that situation with the number one pick, and then there's the one where it's like, okay, why in the world would we trade the number one pick? It's Zion Williamson. Um, it's that's the problem. Is the only year that that the number one pick would be traded is if no one knows who the number one guy is. 
If there's not Somebody, Anthony Davis, if there's not a Zion Williams, if there's not that, that's the only reason that it gets traded. Somebody brought up Wiggins in the chat. Uh, Jay from, I think, the Philippines, man. No, yeah, maybe. Um, it's Wiggins, and I can't remember. I think this is post-draft. I'm not mistaken, but I can't remember the timeline on Wiggins being traded. It was post-draft. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, post-LeBron so, decision anyway, but that's, what it was. Yeah. It should... It's just hard. It's hard to it's hard to move, especially if there's somebody that like I think Andrew kind of alluded to this. But if somebody is really naturally the number one pick and then there's a team that really naturally needs it, like rarely are they going to. Now, if OKC lands the three and four, maybe. But I think that's the question. It really kind of goes back to the the superstar uh, versus all stars. Like if you can get Kuminga and Evan Mobley at three and four. I think there's a legitimate argument to say that would be better than just getting Cade at the one. Um, whether or not I agree with that or not, but I think that argument could be made if, if you were to get that that high, which right now, like, honestly, the Thunder and the Rockets are trending in that direction mm-hmm. uh, to where Oklahoma City could get two picks in the top seven. Mm-hmm. And and even if you can't move up with those, is having those two picks, there's a, there's, I mean, you're just making, there's a good chance you're going to get a guy uh, if maybe not two in those two picks, which is kind of what you want to do. Yeah, I, I I hope that Cade. I hope somehow the Thunder can get Cade. But if not, it's still really exciting to think about like <laughs> having two of any of these guys that we talk about. It's going to make next year so much more fun to watch. Kaminga, Jalen Green, Mobley, any of these guys, Suggs. It's going to be like man, that's going to be fun to watch them and how they fit next to SGA and yeah. Dort and Isaiah Roby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unlikely that whoever gets the number one pick is going to be like, yeah, we'll take the highest bidder for this, yeah. you know, especially if it's the Pistons. I mean, if, if the Pistons get it, like, Cade's gone. It doesn't matter how many picks the Thunder have. I mean, they could call and be like, hey, we'll give you our pick and 10 additional first round picks. And they'd probably be like, like, no, like, we'll still we'll still take this guy because we experienced the pain for this guy. You know that's that's what it's all about. What about the what about the Timberwolves, dude? I don't know what the Timberwolves would or could or would want to do, but it's possible that they would be like, yeah, we'd rather have Mobley, and we'll you know if you're at three and we think he'll be there, we'll trade it to you. I mean, or Jalen Suggs. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, the Timberwolves are a mess. They should take Cade 100 percent just because they need some kind of leader on their team. Uh, that's not D'Angelo Russell. So I would, they should take, yeah, they should take Kate a hundred percent. But yeah, I don't know. Chili. Chili. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Darren EB one. who says, I know Andrew is a fan of Diallo. What, what, is everyone's realistic opinion on his ceiling. Sometimes I watch him and his mid-range pull-up slash jumper looks so clean. (laughs) Sweaty, smiley emoji. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good emoji for the moment. It's like a very nervous, I think whenever someone uses that emoji, I think there's a very nervous energy behind it. Oh, without a doubt. Nervous excitement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I tried to think about comps for Hami. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't really find anybody that I really resonated with. Have you guys thought about that? Well, the reason that you can't think of a comp is because usually the most unique superstars don't have a comp before them. They are the, they are who other players are compared to in the future, Jay. It's valid. I think the only thing because I just I was I started thinking about like freak athletes that that can more of an energy guy but not a shooter and so that's why like initially I thought man Terrence Ross but Terrence Ross has been a really good shooter for a long time in the league yeah yeah he gets and that's just not Hami's thing yeah uh, Hami so will I not turn know. into Zach Levine in the in the comments what if Hami turns into Zach Levine. I mean, Levine scores like Tracy McGrady, man. <laughs> Dude, Levine is legit, legit good. Levine is good. Iman Shumpert, that's a good one. But Shump could shoot. Not really. At least in, at least in my mind, I thought bit. he could. Hami's way more athletic. Hami <laughs> can do a little bit more than Shump could. Because Shump is really just like 3 and D. Uh, that's definitely not Hami's game. What about like poor man's Aaron Gordon? Aaron Gordon kind of does a little bit of everything, but not at like an elite level. Um, and he's yeah, it's a been good, a long time since Shumpert has crossed thirty percent. By the way, from the three, anyway. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of thought Aaron Gordon too, actually. And it's hard because I went immediately to uh, dunk contests. People, <laughs> it's like, all right, so yeah. I mean, that's him. that's part of it. Is that like who can jump out of the gym that can also like stay on the court? Jump I got out, it. Jump out of the gym is another phrase because no one actually, nobody actually does that. Um, yeah, I think I think that one is at least interesting because he's shown the ability to handle a little bit and to pass it and to he's a really good rebounder. Um, so yeah, what were you gonna say, Tayshawn? I was gonna say Big Daddy Nate Robinson as a comp. Yeah. <laughs> No, nah, just more to mention Nate Robinson. Oh, okay, yeah. Nate, Nate Rob is like, like the equivalent of an NBA gimmick, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you maybe the highlight of my last week, and I didn't even mention this, is basically recognizing, hey, it's way easier to finish when you just dunk the ball. <laughs> Did he have five or six dunks? In that? <laughs> he was awesome against Milwaukee. Yeah, he was. He was great. Every time he dunks, it looks so easy, and you realize how much more athletic ability he has than than you get to see with him on the floor very often. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was so this was earlier in the season, but there were some dunks. There are some things that Baisley does, and because of his armband here, that I'm like, that looks like something Scottie Pippen would have done. <laughs> And I never got responses whenever I would say that in the group text. Yeah, <laughs> but literally the way he moves, and then the arm, the wristband. I'm like, man, that's Scotty Pippen out there. A little Scotty there. <laughs> yeah. Chili. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's Luke, move. On. Are you there? Yeah, let's move on to another sort of question. And it comes from at Bangelope, who wants to know, how much food have you eaten in the last week, and what was the best thing you ate? 
So for those of you that aren't uh, local here in Oklahoma and Texas, really a majority of the state or the majority of the, the country, we had a freak Arctic blast. And so snow, so much snow, negative degree temperatures, super negative degree wind chills. So it was really bad. I went into hibernation mode. And so I started collecting food and eating and consuming as much stuff as humanly possible. Nothing <laughs> that like stood out as far as, man, that was the best thing I ate. We had sloppy joes one night, which were really, really good. My wife makes, uh, which is really good. And some easy freezy stuff. So, which was really good. Yeah. Um, a lot of chips, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of cereal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a I- lot of coffee. I planned, uh, I planned ahead and on, you know, it really hit like between Saturday night and Sunday morning. Like yeah. that's when the first big snow hit. And so Saturday, like evening, I went and got an empire slice full pizza. Ooh. And I was just, and I, just, and I ate the whole thing over, over the, until Monday. And I didn't have work Monday. And, uh, and it was such a smart idea, and it was delicious. <laughs> such a smart idea. It's smart. I am so smart. It's smart. You guys didn't I'm do so it. Smart. I got a pizza. <laughs> smart. <laughs> I was thinking I got ahead. a full pizza. Um. Wow. Andrew's dying. Uh. I ate a lot. I cooked a lot. I, I'm the one who cooks in this household, and so I really took advantage of these days at home. So I was making chicken wings, like oh, yeah. from like raw chicken wings, yeah. eating them raw. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I made some uh, steak with potatoes on Sunday for Valentine's dinner because still had to bring the romance a little bit, boys. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of chips, a lot of coffee. Yeah. And and that's basically what it was. Yeah, a lot of snack foods. I uh, I mean, I don't know why we just like eat like crap when we have more time to cook better foods. Yeah, um, my wife, my wife, made all kinds of soups this week. We had a taco soup. We had a chili. We had some Italian types of soups. All just delicious. Hmm? What soup week after? Nope. Bye, Luke. Uh, anyway, chili. We had chili. chili. We had chili, and we. <laughs> <laughs> she also made this giant deal of banana pudding. Um, oh man! With like it was. It I was, love banana pudding. It was vanilla wafers. Yes, just layered, oh. and it it was. It's been life changing for me. Uh, it's we had some good great. cookies. We did cookies over here, which is great. Ooh, that's very nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we also did, a lot did the self. Too. We also did the self cleaning uh, <laughs> ability on our on our oven and completely smoked up the house. Oh, you did. And yes, we did. We thought this was a good time to do it. <laughs> so then we had to open both doors and all the windows to smoke to let the smoke out. So oh, then we were no. freezing for three hours. Oh, no. So just really to be clear, good. this is this was before they told you to start rationing power. You were like, <laughs> I was like, man, we're bored. We got some time on our hands. This oven is clean. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gas oven, Jay. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes 
from at DJ underscore Frijoles, who, wa- who wants to know, is Blake Griffin getting traded to OKC a real possibility? If a trade were to happen, would you rather see him play in OKC and try to recoup some value or take the asset he comes with and buy him out? What? Yeah, Andrew, you have to explain to me. So number one is there is some betting website that put Blake Griffin's highest odds of landing spots at Oklahoma City. You have to explain to me why Oklahoma City would do this at all. It's because Detroit has said that they will uh, give somebody an asset for taking him. Yeah. So and Oklahoma City has the space and the asset accumulation desire. Yeah, I mean, and they've got guys. I mean, you can you can trade several of the Thunder players to to get there. That and you you can't include Trevor Reza because Trevor Reza's last team was the Pistons so you can't trade Trevor Reza to them but like Darius Miller Justin Jackson Ty Jerome like those contracts get you close enough with George Hill like all of those are enough to get Blake now would the Thunder want to take on that money I don't know uh, it depends on how good the asset is that comes back so 20, 2021 unprotected pick done let's call it a deal let's call it a deal <laughs> I think they would absolutely. That's how you get Cade. I think they would absolutely do that deal. But I don't. I don't quite understand it from the Pistons' point of view. Uh, I still think. I think. I think there's a chance that he gets bought out by the Pistons, and he gets to go play for whoever. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually possible. Uh, but I. I think we did want to talk about this this NBA team rankings, the young star team rankings that was put out by Sam Vecini at the athletic. Um, so yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and enforce that into our conversation real quick. I thought we could have a quick one. So the thunder rank ninth a quickie in the NBA, which is pretty impressive in that this is the first year that the thunder have actually are actually going for a draft pick, right? A top level draft pick. And they already are ranked ninth. If you add a top level prospect to this, like you, you become a top three team in the NBA when it comes to young talent. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the list. I want to, I want to see if you guys agree or disagree with the list that Sam Vecini has put together. So he has 12 players on here. Uh, Jay actually would love this list. Number one, because Moses Brown is at the very bottom um, <laughs> at this, of this list. Uh, so number one, Shea, obviously Dort, number two, Hami, number three, Baisley, number four, Poku, number five, Teo, six. And that's really the, to me, those are like the real young developing guys. And then you have kind of your seven through 12 are the, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if any of these guys pop great. Most of them are unlikely to Ty Jerome, Justin Jackson, Isaiah Roby, Josh Hall, Vit Kretschy and Moses Brown. Wow, even Kretschy is above Moses Brown. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. Uh, I I guess I basically agree with that. It's funny to see, because uh, I think if you're a Thunder fan, you would place Baisley above Hami, um, just uh, ceiling and potential. Yeah. But it's been interesting to see these other guys on Twitter that kind of tune into Thunder games, mm-hmm. and they seem to think the opposite. They seem to agree with this list that it's Shea, Dort, and then Hami over Baisley. Hami's uh, just been way more consistent this year than Baisley. Yeah, yeah, he has been. 
And Vecini has, there's been multiple times where he's mentioned that he's been incredibly impressed with Diallo. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that Pokushevsky's like trying to figure out what he becomes. Uh, Sam Vecini says it this way. He says, no player in the NBA has a wider range of outcomes than Pokusevsky. Yeah. He has looked very unprepared to play in the NBA thus far and honestly should probably be in the G League. He's way too skinny and slight, but he fights and battles. His skill level does at times shine through. As a seven-footer, he makes smart rotations sometimes and can make three-point shots. I think that, obviously, watching so far, I would put Teo above Pokusevsky. Mm-hmm. But I think you just kind of already know what Teo can be. And so elevating Poku above him just on the potential wild card nature of him kind of makes sense to me as well. And so mm-hmm. I've really been impressed with Teo. Like I know he's not, he's not doing anything that just like blows your mind, you know, impressive as far as like, you know, Diallo can do that sometimes, but he just knows how to play the game. And as a 19 year old to be able to come in and give the minutes and perform the way he is, has just been really impressive to me. Uh, and watching some of the G league, like Ty Jerome, I don't, I don't see him as really like, Oh, bank on this being an important guy, but I could see Ty Jerome actually cutting out kind of a long-term super bench player yeah. role, you know, in the league for a bit. So yeah, I don't really care. After you go through those guys, like you're right, Justin Jackson, Roby, like even though I'm apparently the fan of Roby on the team, like I really don't know if that means he's going to be here in Oklahoma City. I don't see him as a core piece of this team going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody knows what Vic Kretschy is or brings. He's apparently just here rehabbing, but yeah. who knows? It is, and you alluded to this, Andrew, and I think this is the thing for like a Thunder fan to feel pretty excited about. So if the Thunder do get two picks in the top six, and even if they're three and six, or even three and eight, and they get Scotty Barnes and then Kaminga or Jalen Green or whoever in that top four, I think that you'll see the Thunder be top five in this ranking next year, which is, I mean, a pretty incredible place to be one year into the rebuild. Yeah, because the plan is not just... Okay, let's see what we can get from this draft, and let's go! It's Okay, let's see what we can get from this draft, and then the draft after, and then possibly the draft after. And then, let's go. You know, like, that's right. That's the idea. And you'll be, see, and you'll be seeing steady increases, like, next year with a few more of those guys. Like, I think it'll go back, back to that fun thing that Taylor keeps talking about, but I think you will start seeing them improve on the court as well. Maybe, uh, maybe. Yes, uh, maybe not as far as win-losses, but, like, you're starting to see this, like, as a team that, like, makes – okay, I could see this team being here in six years versus right now you're like, Al Horford's not going to be here. Probably it actually looks like maybe not even the rest of this year. George Hill hasn't been here. Like this team feels very transitional this year, at least in my opinion, it does. Yeah. Uh, you have two or three, you have, well, maybe six guys that you feel like are really long-term pieces and everybody else is pretty transitional. Uh, next year you'll start seeing more and more of like, okay, this could actually be, a good image like right now you feel like you have chris wilcox and you know like yeah start inserting all of these guys that were in those first teams that we don't even think about anymore yeah you know so isaiah roby hey guys i gotta go i gotta go too bye guys chili 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 all right jay uh any- so most of the I spent the rest of the pod basically furiously looking up Moses Brown stats to think, is he going to become Rudy Gobert? Am I missing something <laughs> on this guy? <laughs> like, I anytime don't. I take any sort of like hard stand, I'm like, am I completely wrong? Oh no. Yeah. I don't, I just don't know enough about, I've seen, 
I mean, I've seen him in the G League. I've seen small bits of him in the NBA. He hasn't looked good in the NBA at all. I don't know what he's going to be, but yeah, um, you know, putting up stats also, in the G League is not nothing. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. Nothing. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you're watching them regularly. Number one is Poku didn't play the last game, which was weird. Uh, yeah, he's hurt. I'm assuming that. Okay, thank you, yeah. thank you. Uh, he also the game before was like zero of nine from the field and yeah, zero of four from the three point line. Uh, this is my fear. But this is my fear with him going to the G League. I said, oh, I he's just the same guy he was with the Thunder, huh? The blue, the blue though are like a really good basketball team. Like, yeah, they're winning a lot and shooting the ball out of their minds. Yeah, anyway, not dissimilar to the way the Thunder play. You know, yeah, really, very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to go back to Sam Vecini's article, I just I'm still just floored that it's not insane to say that Hami is the third best prospect on this team. And I think part of it is that we forget that he's 22, and it feels like we've known Hami for a long time, but he's still extremely young. Uh, younger he, than Obi Toppin. Yeah, younger than Obi Toppin is really something. That is really something. Uh, and it's just really just credit to the Thunder's development team to get him to where he is because preseason we would have probably had him sixth, right? Or maybe even seventh yeah. on this list. Yeah. But he has I'll, played well I'll, enough. I'll own the fact that even the first 10 games in the season, I would have had him still ranked there. Sure. Yeah. Like he's, he's really transformed himself over the last 10 to 15 games. Yeah. I agree with that. And even like we thought Lou was good. I just don't. I think that we would have maybe had Bays two on this list going into the season. Absolutely, without question. And I'm still having pretty high as far as potential. I think he's got he's got the body and I think the skill set to be the guy that makes you think. Okay, if if this guy really develops, he can be a huge piece that fits on any roster because mm-hmm. he's just got everything. And potentially he's got everything. He can shoot, he can pass, he can dribble, he can attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been, a, I think even this year, he's been a pretty good defender. Um, I like seeing him physically fill out a little bit more, uh, which should happen naturally just because he still gets bullied a little bit. Um, and then I want him better. to be aggressive. Like yeah. that's the thing about Baisley with me is I just want him to like be aggressive, mm-hmm. just attack like crazy anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got to shoot it better, right? I mean, that's yes, yeah, yeah. That's one of his one of his deals. Confident. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, okay, Jamon, are you miffed and peeved about anything? You know, here's the deal: is I like this weather. We don't normally talk about weather, but once in a lifetime, Arctic storm. You like this? I, I normally love snow. Yeah, and I love cold weather. This is a lot, and we were talking before the pod. It wasn't even really like snow you can go out and play in because it was so cold. But I freaking was out shoveling my driveway, which is like the most like suburban thing. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever shoveled your driveway before? Yeah, recently I have, mainly because what happens is I start seeing all my neighbors doing I'm like, well, apparently this is what I'm supposed to do, and so I go out and do it. (laughs) But I got myself some rain boots after the ice storm in October, Yeah, and I was shoveling all day, and now i got a giant blister on my foot, and it hurts so bad. (laughs) So I'm a little miffed and peeved about that. And my back and my my elbow. Like, you start getting, like, my elbow? No. I have, like, tennis elbow from shoveling the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, I'm so miffed. We had our pipes freeze in our attic 
And I was in my attic for probably a total of like 15 hours over the weekend. You know, standing on boards with my, with my wife's hair dryer, just finding the pipes that were frozen, and then just sitting there with the hair dryer just on it. And it was just pure misery. It was just absolute pure misery for so long. But the feeling whenever you get that pipe to unfreeze, though, is uh, it's, it's unlike, any, unlike any other. Because you can actually feel it, and it's like, choo, 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 like kind of shakes a little bit, and then the water starts going through. It is there. There's it was horrible, but then that that was a great a great moment, um, which happened well, way just, too many times. Right, recognizing that like our little complaints are nothing compared to what like real suffering people are going through, especially in Texas. And Oh, dude. it's just brutal, man. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Very, very fortunate over here. I never lost power. We've had heat. We've had no pipes froze, you know, like very fortunate. I recognize that. So without a doubt. Yes. Very, very fortunate. Um, and to not have a busted, I mean, a busted pipe would be a thousand times worse. And that's why I was in my attic for 15 hours. Just, because of just <laughs> sure. Fear. Of a busted pipe uh, in my house, but uh, yeah, huge shout out to my friends Jason and John who helped me out this week with that kind of stuff. My friend John, who like knows everything about everything with houses, I called him and I was at Home Depot. I was like, "Here, I'm going to get this stuff." He's like, "No, no, none of that." He's like, "Go, go get these things." Like, "Oh, okay, good." I would have go get a hair hair dryer. <laughs> He's I laid just a crap ton of insulation over everything. I know everybody's did you? Yeah, riveted. that's what I wrapped my my way of that sprinkler. Uh, I always forget what it's called, but it's this huge valve that just sits here, and I've just like wrapped it up with insulation, and then put this huge bag kind of thing over it. And so far, it's working. It's working. All right, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow. Us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Thanks so much for following along on the stream. If you don't subscribe to us on YouTube, go ahead and do that. Make sure you go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get the athletic for $3.99 a month. You can read that article we were talking about about the best young players in the league. See who's above the thunder. See who's below the thunder. Go check it out. It's out there on the athletic. And you can also uh, go to shopgoodokc.com and get our new Down to Dunk shirts. You can get our hoodies, the cotton candy hoodie, which is just beautiful. So you can get cool. The logo tee, which is just like a nice gray t-shirt. And then our Too Good to Tank shirts. Maybe the Thunder are Too Good to Tank. We'll find out tonight as they play Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.